Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. done a twofer in a while. Oh, I, I was missing it. I miss my menage, menage, duh. <laughs> well, four if you count the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> four if you, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's been so long. I smashed it in my face. That's what she said. I feel like I've seen you a lot recently. Yeah, we've had like some good like hangouts. We so. have. It's been too much for me. <laughs> I think it's going to happen again tonight. I think I'm an introvert extrovert. Yes, I've heard of those before. Yeah. That's you, I yeah. think. Because you're very forthcoming and very like personable and you like What to, do you mean? You know, all vagina the stories. <laughs> Talking all about your coochie. All about my vajay. But secretly um, you like to stay at home. No. I think it's just like I fear going out. It gives me social anxiety. But when I get there, I'm mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. <laughs> Everyone needs to listen to what I have to say. Which is like an introvert extrovert. Although I did have to sort of make you come out last night. You did. Right? And what happened, Roxy? Oh, you looked beautiful on the red carpet. So this is what went down, peeps. <laughs> so Roxy's like, hey, there's Corey Feldman's premiere. Don't you worry. No one's going to be dressed up. Everyone's going to be in jeans. Come as you are, which I think was just a little manipulation and trying to get me to come because she knows that if I knew that my hair was going to be up in a bun and I could wear flats, I would go. So I was like, how hard is this going to be? I got home, put my kids to bed. I was like, you know what? Just in case, like I just had food poisoning. So I was like, I'm like just that perfect weight. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to put this dress on because it's not going to fit next week. So I put the dress on. I was like, you know what? I'll just put a little lippy on. Sean's like, you look super cute. I was like, you know what? My hair is so greasy, but fuck it. Like no one's going to be there. Everyone's going to be in a t-shirt and jeans. I get there and this bitch is like she's like the red carpet are you ready and I'm like what the fuck is going on and she's like you need to be on the red carpet with me and I was like absolutely not I was like I love you so much but no because this is the one picture that will go viral that will go on wire image and getty image and it will go everywhere and it'll be like what has happened to have you seen them now or like where did they go that's that's exactly the heading is gonna be where are they what happened to her 
And then that's the picture. And I'll be like, no, bitches. It was because my friend Roxy put me on the red carpet with greasy hair. I literally think my lipstick was falling down my face because I was eating like a Cheerio on the way out. And I was like, that is not fair. But I did it. You did it. And then you made me smell your hair. You were like, I swear to God, it smells like poop. I'm like, oh Oh my God. I didn't even tell you. Literally before it happened. Uh. My daughter did a huge blowout. She was screaming. I tried to change it. She put her hand into her butthole <gasps> and wipes it all over her face. And I'm like screaming because I don't do very well with poop. I mean, who does? So I grab her hand and then she puts it on my face into my hair. Hence the bun that is on the red carpet that everyone can see on wire image because of Roxy who made me do it. She's done. I'm done with her. We're out. <laughs> You're like, and that is the end of the podcast. We just came back because I swallowed something down the wrong tube. That's what she said. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Um, <laughs> and you just laughed at me. Not, not with not with bodily fluids, <clears throat> but I've definitely done that with like a cocktail. A cocktail. You swallowed it down the wrong hole. <laughs> I swallowed it down the wrong hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then who posted that picture of us yes. on their Instagram? So well, who really did look cute in the end. Well, surprisingly, David took a very high angled picture with his new phone that has really great filters on it. Right? And I was like, I kind of look hot. <laughs> so it's like absolutely fine. It's the picture, right? <laughs> it's the picture. Um, so how about that premiere though last night? Wow. What happened, Roxy Socks? Heavy, heavy. Well, Corey Feldman released his documentary, My Truth, Mm -hmm. The Rape of the Two Corys. And in it, he'd been sort of, you know, leading up to saying that he was going to be revealing who allegedly had raped Corey Mm -hmm. Haim. And allegedly it was Charlie Shane. Yeah. Which is... Just crazy, you know? You know, you don't know exactly right. what happened. So you obviously want to lean with the victim because right. what what is the point of them coming out and putting the lives on life on the line, especially with something so um destructive to someone mm-hmm. else's life. And then I but then I think like you don't really know the right. truth, right? And then I also thought if it was Charlie Shane, mm-hmm. How come he was granted with such a good life? Right. You know, he's on a very successful TV show. He's making, I don't know, don't quote me on I think it's a million dollars an episode. Mm-hmm. Why do some people, if this was true, mm-hmm. do something that is pretty horrific mm-hmm. and incomprehensible, how they get gifted with such incredible gifts and, and opportunities, you know, and sometimes life isn't fair, but I look at it and I'm like, it just, you don't, you don't know the rhyme or reason, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with, with people like Harvey Weinstein. It's like, look at, look at how much of an exceptional life he had for so long. Right. It's true. It's like, you know, and he did, he definitely got, you know, the accolades and like the, the chances and like, he definitely had all the material things because he was making such good money. But at the same point, I'm like, did he actually get a good life? Because he hates himself so much. Like you have to have like a certain level of like self-hate to mm-hmm. do what he has done to mm-hmm. his body, you know? Oh yeah. To, to, with all of the, you know, the drugs and like, you know, having sex with the prostitutes and mm-hmm. like just treating himself the shame. way he has. It's shame. Yeah. It's shame. And it's like, he did get all the good things like in a lot of ways, but in some ways it's like, I feel like he's so tortured that- mm-hmm. 
he probably has the negative side of that. But you know what I want to read to you? I want to read to you what Corey said in read the documentary. Me. Read to me. Because I want to see what your- The documentary we didn't see. The documentary we didn't see, <laughs> which we saw half of, not, not the rest. Okay, so- this is what Corey Feldman said allegedly had happened to Corey Hay. He okay. said that when he was explaining the situation to him, he said this wasn't a one-time thing he said in passing. Feldman, then this is reported by Page Six. Mm -hmm. Feldman crying said in the documentary about Ham, it wasn't like, oh, by the way, this happened. He went into great detail. Now, here's the detail. It is disturbing. Okay. Um, it's a trigger warning. Yeah, it's a trigger, trigger warning. So people, please just be aware of that. Haim told me, now this is what he's saying that Haim told him. Charlie bent me over in between two trailers and put Crisco oil on my butt and raped me in broad daylight. Anybody could have walked by, anybody could have seen it. And today is the 10 year um, anniversary of Haim's death mm -hmm. from pneumonia in 2010. Mm -hmm. And also in the documentary, Haim told him that, um, told him about Sheen's alleged actions or indicate that they had heard about them from secondhand. So the other friends that were in the documentary backed up the fact that Haim either said that to him or that they had heard that. Mm -hmm. And um, Feldman in the documentary also calls out other people who abused him. John Grissom, who I believe was a one-time assistant, nightclub owner Alfie Hoffman, and former talent manager Marty Weiss. And these are the people that abused Haim, not those Corey people, Feldman. Those were Corey Feldman's abusers. Corey Feldman's I, abusers. Yes. Okay. So they have all denied um, that they did any of this. And I believe, because there had been rumors about Charlie Sheen mm -hmm. um, having sex with Haim in the past, which he has denied as well. But this is the first time sort of like the rape allegation has come up. So does that like sway, like with the detail, does that like make you think any differently of like what he I mean, yes happens? and no. Mm -hmm. uh, how old was uh, Feldman when he said the alleged rape happened? So, oh, Haim. Haim, Haim was Haim. Thir 13 and Charlie was 19. And it was on the set of Lucas. The sad thing is I don't think it's going to affect much of, you know, Charlie Sheen's life in any way. I mean, he's going to just keep going on. And if this did happen, think about the ramifications of what it's done to Corey Feldman. Right. And obviously we've seen the ramifications that something like this can do to Corey Haim. I do know that abusing drugs is because mainly, and this is from the history that I've had with it, mm -hmm. not with me taking drugs, mm -hmm. but people I've known, comes from an internal turmoil of mm -hmm. shame and guilt and pain that you cannot seem to let go of. Mm -hmm. And so it does make sense that someone would have a drug addiction that is trying to cover up their own sense of hurt and pain and mm -hmm. A shame again uh, if something had happened to them. Right. And I think they're very open, especially in the documentary, talking about Haim's struggle with drugs, you know, that mm -hmm. he was constantly self-medicating and like, you know, trying to get his hands on drugs because like, like what you're saying, I mean, it's like the pain probably was so great inside of him mm -hmm. and like the self-hatred and like, you know, everything that goes along with it. And it's like, you're just trying to cover that up constantly. It's sad. And there's so many stories of mm -hmm. this in Hollywood mm -hmm. because, 
you know, drugs are obviously so available. They're available everywhere, but it's almost like they can kind of get forced upon you. I mean, I remember going to parties Mm -hmm. back in the day and I've never done drugs and mainly because I'm too afraid of A, liking them and B, if something happened Mm -hmm. to me. But I remember going to parties and there was like cocaine on plates. You know, it was kind of just the norm. It was like, this is what you do. You're successful. You make money. You're in the public eye and you take drugs. And it's like that narrative is, is, is so normal when Mm -hmm. it comes to the entertainment business, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and a lot of people get into the entertainment business or are creative when they're using their own pain into some kind of art form. You know, you look at actors, they have to, they have to draw from, from really intense experiences that they've had in their lives to relate to other people. Mm -hmm. So, and other people's emotions. So normally people are drawn to this business who have some kind of pain and then they have these other cocktails, like, you know, drugs and, and Mm -hmm. things that happen that are so rife, like sexual abuse that makes it even worse. God, it's just, it's just awful all around. I mean, and it's, it's power really too. Like when you hear about these abusers that (laughs) do these things, it's, you know, I think a lot of time people think it's about the sex, but it really isn't. It's about Mm -hmm. wanting ownership over somebody and wanting that power, you know? And it's weird because I remember, and I've said this before Mm -hmm. when the Me Too movement came out and I was like, you know what? I'm so lucky. Mm -hmm. I've never had this happen to me. And then I thought, oh my goodness, this has happened to me so many more times times. than I can even remember. I remember being, you know, 15 years old and my driver at the time was a heavyset man and he would drive me like out of the way before getting to my house Mm. to be in the car longer with me. And then he would say, oh, what I would do to you if I could. Oh my God. Yeah. So... I'm grateful and proud of myself that I had a very safe, um, safe place and Mm -hmm. a fertile environment to be able to communicate with Mm -hmm. my parents. So I told them and he got fired, you know, and the amount of times that that, you know, abuse of power has happened to me Mm -hmm. is crazy. And it happens all the time. We just don't think that it's an issue. We're so conditioned to it, right? Especially as women. We're conditioned to being like, oh, he's just being a guy. Mm -hmm. You know, boys will be boys. That's the culture. Mm -hmm let it slide. And it's like, for the first time, we're really talking about this stuff yeah. and saying it's not okay. But then my husband said like, okay, so if a guy mm-hmm. walks into a room and says to you, you have a nice hair, like, oh my gosh, your sweater looks mm-hmm. so nice. Or you have a nice hairstyle. Like mm-hmm. you just changed your hair. Is that acceptable nowadays or is it not? So I think, I think that is, as long as like the delivery and the tone is like a, of a coming but from it's a not place. acceptable though I'm gonna let you finish but like yeah. it's not anymore yeah it's hard it's definitely harder for men to mm-hmm. like get to really know what the line is and like to see what the boundary is of like what they can't I mean personally for me I wouldn't be offended if a man was like mm-hmm. oh you know I like your sweater or your hair looks pretty as long as it's not coming and you know that feeling like if, if you think it's like you get that feeling like in your gut yeah if it's like oh it's coming from an icky place like they're being like gross about it mm-hmm. but if it's actually coming from like hey I just kind of really like your sweater or like if it's something innocent like that, like where it's, you know, I mean, I do think that, um, the new generation and the younger generation will not put up with any of this. Mm -mm. And it's confusing to me because I don't feel like we're 
that old, but now there's so many different terms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things you can and can't do. You don't want to step over the mark. Was like, are we allowed to say to a man that he looks attractive or is it the same thing? Right. And then my question is, I would not want to fucking date now because there, there is no, even when it is good and in- like if it has a good intention behind mm-hmm. it, there is no such thing as, as really flirting dating anymore. It's all just, oh. I, I have no idea how my husband would have come to the door and say, like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And two seconds later, we're naked. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know how that would, how that would look. It wouldn't happen. And we wouldn't end up together. No. And maybe he shouldn't have done it back in the day, but I'm glad he fucking did. Because if he did, like, we wouldn't be together, you know? Yeah. You're in a happier place yeah. for sure. Thank God I saw his very small hand towel covering. <laughs> You're like, Just kidding, honey. It was a massive beach towel <laughs> with frills. It's okay. Well, hello. We don't both believe in test driving the car, you know, right away. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's like, and that's a thing too. It's like sometimes chemistry happens mm-hmm. and you go with it and it yeah. feels good. And as long, I think it's as long as both parties are in a consenting place and yeah. are okay with it. If it gets a little flirty or, or what have you, yeah. I think that's fine. It just has to be consenting. Yeah. That's where it has to, like both people have to be okay with it. Yeah. And then individually, I think people can like sort of draw the line, see where they, mm-hmm. the line is for them, mm-hmm. you know, and say, okay, this was too much for me or this, right. you know, keep going or whatever it is. <laughs> so <laughs> keep going. That's what she well, said. Well, it just reminded <laughs> me of last week's episode with uh, Viola Benson talking about dry humping. Yeah. Can we bring it back? I really want we to bring it back. We need to bring back the dry yes. hump. Hashtag dry hump. That is that has gone unnoticed no, for yes. quite a while. Yes. You don't, you don't dry hump anymore? No, and I would love to. I actually looked at my husband the other night after we <laughs> talked like, about I'm, this. I want, I'm, like, I'm in need for a good dry hump. Yes. I was like, I need to just pounce on him and start dry humping because there's something, <laughs> there's something really like... There's, it's like that art is lost of like that mm-hmm. anticipation because now it's so easy for us being married. You just go right in and have the intercourse. But like is that what you do? Up, I mean, it's a bit like there's some kissing sometimes. Is there kissing? I feel like you get kiss- married and there's like no kissing. I mean, that comes. It's few like and it's far literally between. Just about the vagina. Like it's just yeah. there's no kissing. Kissing. Like it's, have you had it, a good makeout sesh lately? I haven't had like a full blown no for but a I, long time. Yes, and that's that's like the be- kissing goes out the window. Yes, and I kind of miss that. I miss, I miss those things, right? Yeah, the kissing, like even the dry hopping, like the anticipation building up to like really have, you know, this poor chafe dick is like, oh my gosh. He's like, please but, get yourself yeah. off my penis, please. That's why you have to have the cream on the side all for the ready. <laughs> so if you, if you went and dry humps mm-hmm. David, uh-huh. do you not think he would be like, what the fuck are you yes. doing? Like, get off, like, get off. Yes. Like, we're, like, what are you doing? You're he, chafing my penis. Yeah, You know what he'd probably do? He'd probably like pull down his pants and be like, well, clearly you are my penis. <laughs> so here you go. <laughs> poor David. I know everything about him. That poor guy. That poor guy. That I was poor just guy. like, do you remember we, uh, we had a friendship group? Uh, I don't know if people do this. And if you don't, then you're better than us. Um, but we were at dinner, the four of us, and we we're like, well, how big's your husband? Yes. You know, and we're like, oh, it's this big, maybe this many inches. So I just say, David, if you're listening, when Roxy's like, 
doing the test of like <laughs> one inch, two inch, three inch, then um, then I am so sorry that came from our dinner. But imagine men doing the same thing. It would yeah. be so offensive to us. Like, so, oh my gosh, man, is it so small down there? Like how small is it like this? Yeah. Like, I don't know how why, they, I don't know why they talk like that. It's like, how, how, how many inches can we measure? Like, it's just like what women it's, talk about. Yes. Like, we are so dirty. This is what I always tell my guy friends and like tell David and his friends and everybody. I'm like, you guys, we talk so, so much dirty. more graphic and yeah. in detail than men do. Yeah. Men breeze over it. There's no detail involved. It's they like, don't okay, want to, yeah, they don't want their husband, their friends to know, know about their wives, about their wives' vajay. Yeah. And no. even like, even like when men are single, they're like, oh yeah, I fucked her. And that's like it. Like girls are like, no, we, like, it looked like <laughs> this. It was shaped to the side. <laughs> it was circumcised or not circumcised. It had a little bump, which I was worried about because I was thinking maybe I should get tested. Women talk about every detail. Every detail. Every Size, detail. color. Oh, every like, color. Yeah. With, yeah. With like hair, yeah, no hair. hair. <laughs> smell, no yes. smell. So let that be a lesson to you, men. If there's any men that are listening, just know that women talk about it all. Yeah. We talk yeah. about it all. We so do. you need to groom that shit. Do you like to be, do you like shave or no? I like, you mean the balls? <laughs> I kind of like. No, his armpits, Roxy. His armpits. <laughs> you know what? I have to, I'm like the worst though. I ignore the balls. I ignore the balls. You got a deal to give I know. a little tender and care. David is just like, we please. Is he, <laughs> he is so embarrassed. He, I swear to God, he's done. He's not, he's done with you. He's not totally. going to stay married after he's this podcast. Totally. He's I'm done. So, I'm so bad. I like ignore the balls. But what about you? Do you play with the balls? I can't tell you. My <laughs> husband would literally be like, that part is cut out. Um, he doesn't ask for anything. Okay. But, but like, I love all of it. So you will go. And but we talked about like, I would rather someone not be showered though. And play with the balls? Stinky balls? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I just That's think, true. You I love just your think, stinky balls. Yeah. Well, I also like pheromones. Did yes. you know that word? Uh-huh, I like pheromones. Uh-huh. I like things to like smell like, like you bought it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want it to be a complete shower down. I don't want to smell lemongrass and vanilla. <laughs> coconut. <on> coconut oil. <laughs> like I want to smell like pheromones. Don't you? I, I mean, I do. I do. Cardamom and like, yeah, yeah. like lime scrub. Yeah. Like, fr- like freshly. And then you get like a granule of the scrub in your teeth and you're like, you're like, mm. <laughs> you're like mm. <laughs> or hair. See, this is too much. This is too much. I know. I know. People are like, what the? Yeah. We should go onto subjects and talk about subjects so people don't tune out. Oh, can I tell you one of these things that I just popped up? No, it's not about, but it's about Hollywood. Do you know that? Okay. Now, according to, again, we're back to page six. Mm-hmm. Harvey, Where you get your news from, Roxy. <laughs> you know I love me some page sex. Harvey Weinstein suggested Jennifer Aniston should be killed <gasps> over sexual assault claim. Because apparently, allegedly. Did you really say that? You say allegedly a lot. Okay. <laughs> Every other like, word. Like, allegedly, allegedly, I'm wearing a sweater alleg- that has pink stripes. I'm yeah. like, I got it. Allegedly, I got it. Allegedly, the National Enquirer was going to run a story about Harvey Weinstein allegedly sexually assaulting Jennifer Aniston No, when she did that movie derailed with Clive Owen, like back in like 2005. Yeah. So, um, she said that, okay, the email, there was an email that went around and the inquirer said that Jennifer confided to a friend that during the production of the 2005 movie derailed Mm -hmm. Weinstein sexually assaulted her by pressing up 
against her back and grabbing her butts. And then through the years, apparently, he would frequently stare at her cleavage breasts, move around his mouth, making Jennifer feel really uncomfortable. Yes. And so he was, and then another source was saying that Harvey was infatuated with Jennifer Aniston. He had a massive crush on her and constantly talked about how hot she was. Mm -hmm. And then it all sort of came to a head when that movie was coming out. Mm -hmm. They were, they were sitting at a dinner table with Clive Owen and Jennifer Aniston and producers and a friend. Um, He literally came up to the table and said to the friend, get up. And um, Jennifer Aniston was like, oh, my gosh. And so the friend got up and moved away and Harvey sat down. And it was just she said it was just a gross entitlement and piggish behavior. And then he tried to bully her into wearing a Marquesa dress for the premiere. But she said no. Now, my question is, why? Why does he want her killed when there's so many stories that have come out about him? Like, yeah. why all of a sudden is like this the, the one, story right? That really affected him. So then he, the email, I guess his, one of his lawyers sent him an email saying that, um, you know, that this was happening, the story was going to mm-hmm. come out or what have you. And then Weinstein replied back in 45 minutes to this person and said, Jenny Aniston should be killed. I mean, yeah. allegedly, like, I don't know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. I, you know what? He's in jail. I He's think in it's, jail. It's time to move on yes. from the Harvey scandals. The um, EPA released a list of approved disinfectants to kill the coronavirus. <gasps> yeah, what do we use? Yeah, Clorox, I think. The Environmental okay. Protection Agency released a list of disinfection, disinfectant products approved for the use of COVID-19 on surfaces. Um, you can find those list of products right here. <gasps> um, I'm sure it's Purell. Okay. Right? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. It's all the really nasty ones. It's like nothing natural comes up. That's when I'm like, like oh, maybe natural (laughs) isn't working. Um, This thing called bleach, well, bleach, obviously, peroxide. Okay. um, uh, Detergent disinfectant pump spray from Seepton Company. There's like a lot here. So we should post it and people should check it out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we'll post this. Oh, Clorox is on there. Lysol. Yeah. Cleaning solution. Sterilex. Wow. But then they just came out and said that maybe it's in people's food. Really? Yeah, like maybe it can be transmitted through that. Through food. That's the thing. It just seems so that's I that's the thing I think that freaks me out the most about it. Is it so easily transmissible? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. between people. It's Mm -hmm. like the same with the flu. Mm -hmm. So it's just like those droplets like from the air, like you know, falling in. But somebody, I did hear that, like, if you wear glasses, this is good for oh you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is good for you. It won't get in my eyeballs. Yes, it protects your eyeballs. Because mm-hmm. there was some statistic, like, 70% of it goes into your eyeballs. And yeah. that's how you get it. So you are covered, girl, because you are, Thank like. Thank you. Well, I just stopped <laughs> wearing glasses, though. I'm going to stop wearing them. I'm done. Why? I'm done having glasses. I don't know. I think I used to wear them because, in a way, I like to hide behind them. So it's like I couldn't really, yeah. you know, when you're in film and TV and people do recognize you to some extent, when you take your glasses off, you can't see who's looking at you. Ah. And I liked that. Not that I'm, you know, but the anonymity sometimes when you're in certain places, I like. Yeah. So, but now I'm like, you know what? I just need to be present and not be anxious about the world all the time. <laughs> you know? I think it's about what your parents used to freak out about. Yes. Don't you think? My mom didn't yes. really freak out about getting sick. See that? Yes. See, that's why I think that's, it's really. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So anytime I hear a cough or sneeze or like, I'm like, oh god, I've got to step like at least six feet away from that person. Yeah. You know, so don't take when I Purell you to death like seriously. I mean, don't let that hurt you. Think about you know what is really clean. Uh, 
our vaginas. <gasps> oh, think about it. Do they really touch the world? No, they really, they really don't. Well, <laughs> really some don't. do. But. Yeah, I mean, well, some see a lot of the world. They have little hats and they have yeah. sunglasses on, <laughs> and they say hello, hello. They have little phones yeah, that they're yeah. like texting. Oh my gosh, we should do a vagina <gasps> cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. that's a good idea. Yes. What should it be called? Ooh. What should our vagina cartoon be called? Becky. <gasps> Becky and Beth. <laughs> and what should they do? <laughs> they should do, oh, what should they do? They should walk okay. the streets. <laughs> All night long. Yeah, and they're clean freaks. And they love tacos. They love tacos <laughs> because they look like them. And they <laughs> like to... They like to solve crimes. Yes, with their little magnifying glasses. Their little magnifying glasses. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And they like to see. I'm improving you. Right I now know. Because Roxy just started improv. <sighs> oh, wow, it's quite the game changer. It is. I've got to say, it teaches you about life. Yes, it really does. It. it does. You know what it does? It teaches me. I. This is so crazy. So the first day I went in. Can I snack, by the way? <laughs> Take your snacks. Um, Roxy thinks I snack all the time. And I kind of do. I was in yoga doing an downward dog. And I'm like, you know, been in this position before having a snack. <laughs> You're like, got to multitask. Multitask. Um, so the first day I went into improv, I mm-hmm. was like, okay. Like, I didn't really know what to expect. So I kind of just got in and everyone's kind of trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. Right. So it's like. You just in there. And I'm like, okay, like, it's fine. It's like, not that bad, whatever. I came back the second day with a false sense of confidence mm-hmm. from the first day and went in the there. the first day they're like, what's your name? Yeah. It's Where like are you from? So easy, <laughs> yeah. right? And I walk in and I'm like, okay, so uh, I got this. And I walk in, I literally bombed the class. Like, it was like awful. Like I just couldn't, it wasn't like firing in my head. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't like come up with things. Mm-hmm. I like, it was definitely a, like, you need to check yourself because like, you're not that good. Okay. Did they do the first beats and second beats or did they just say, come up with a subject and then sort of riff on that? Because the main part about improv is finding the game, which is like, what is the funny of the scene mm-hmm. and then playing off that game. So, you know, for example, I did a sketch, uh, uh, an improv the other day about a mother who's so overbearing. So, you know, well, oh, she couldn't let go of the mm. of the fact that her child is growing up. So she kept like his foreskin in like a little yellow alcohol <laughs> solution and his porn magazines that like were stuck together in the middle of, um. from him masturbating. So you got to find what the funny is and then you have to play off that. Were they teaching you that in the first, first class? So the first class was more like making us comfortable and it was like, okay, like names, like we do the name game or we do these drills where you like throw the ball at the, it's a lot of eye contact. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and then like a lot of listening games where you had to listen to what the mm-hmm. per- last person had just said. And then you play off of like what mm-hmm. they said. So that was sort of like the first like mm-hmm. day. The second day got a little more complicated because it was like two person scenes mm-hmm. with space work and everything. And then it was like, you know, they just give you like your two surgeons, like go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And you've established like what your relationship is and where you are mm-hmm. and like, all the things, who, what, where, you know? I love that it's, you're talking the same language as me right, right now. Isn't that great? You're making me horny. <laughs> oh, like I do. Um, but yeah, no, so it was like doing that same, like that all that work. So being thrown into that and like mm-hmm. not really knowing like what the hell. That's life though. And yeah. I think everyone should do an improv class That's because true. you learn about how to be thrown in the deep end mm-hmm. with nothing in your brain and mm-hmm. try to survive in a way and try to listen. I think so much in life, we are so disconnected from people 
And yet we're so connected in so many ways through mm. social media, but we're so disconnected and we don't listen to people anymore and we don't have conversations. What I love about improv is you cannot do a good scene unless you're present mm-hmm. and unless you're listening to the other person. Yes. You cannot be in your own head. You cannot have your own bullshit. You have to be exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. And that is the only way to succeed in improv. 100%. It is so about being in the moment, listening to that person mm-hmm. and not denying people. Like you can't, right, say, you can't no. say no. It's crazy. Improv, yeah. So it's like you're on a desert island with a stick and like a bat, and you're your like, name sure. is like, <laughs> you're like where's like, the stick? <laughs> you can't ask questions. No, you can't. No, you ask have to questions. add information. Yes, you have to add information, and it's all assumptions too. Like mm-hmm. that, per- like whoever you're working with assumes whatever about you, and you have to just go with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's crazy, but it is so like eye opening, and it's so cool. Like it's so cool. It's so cool, right? Until you're on stage, and yeah. there's like. 50 people looking at you and you've shat a little bit in your pants and there's like a skid mark right there when you take your pants off and you're like, yep, that's because I had to go on stage and do an improv in front of all these people. I'm going to do stand up, by the way. Oh my God. I feel like that's better because I have a fucking compass and a map of like what to follow when it comes to standing in front of people. It's the stage fright I have to get over. Stage fright is a real thing. It's a real thing. Right? And it doesn't matter how like skilled you are, how many years you've done it. It's it's fear. It's something that never goes away. Mm-mm. So but how I, do you deal with that? Oh my God. I'm afraid of everything. Um, but I realized that the only way for fear to win mm. is to avoid. Yeah. That's it. That's just- you think by avoiding that you're keeping yourself safe and you're self-protecting, but it's like everything, even in relationships um, and in your own work is like when you avoid, mm. It gets worse. It gets worse. And you the only way out is through and it sucks while you're going through it and you have to feel the feelings and feel them anyway. Mm-hmm. And everything that you want is outside of the comfort zone and your real life is happening, not where you're comfortable. And, you know, this I'm listening to Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to you mm-hmm. about, you know, being vulnerable, especially in relationships. And you think that by being alone and isolating yourself and your feelings and not connecting with people that you're keeping yourself safe, but you're actually making yourself more lonely. Right. Um, and it really is about being vulnerable. And that's what improv teaches you. It's about standing there naked, you know, with no armor mm-hmm. and having to survive. Right. Yesterday we had like, I was like, okay, I'm going into this class. <laughs> like, like, Totally not going to care. I'm going to let it go at the door. Like, yeah, zero you're just like, fucks. you to talk yourself up. You're like, yeah. zero fucks. Who are these people? They're bad anyway. <laughs> totally. I'm like, can't do it. And we had this, oh my God, it was the craziest game. It was write a poem about, mm-hmm. like, they're just going to give you, oh, give you a subject. Mm-hmm. But you have to say who you, what your name is. You have to create your character, like, mm-hmm. on the spot. Yeah, 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 and yeah. make up a poem on the spot. And it was so freaking hard. I was so like hard. dying, mm-hmm. dying. We get, we actually got like a relatively okay subject. It was cats, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. furry cats. Do you like blah, blah, blah. cats, right? Yeah. I hate cats. <laughs> Sorry. You're a cat person. <laughs> Only because I'm allergic to them. Cause I'm like, so I feel like they're against me they're good, from yeah. day one. They're like, Oh, I'm going to come after you. I'm going like, to get you. I'm going to get you an <laughs> asthma attack, bitch. 
I'm like, fuck up. No. So I came up with this character called She had a or a stutter. And she was her name was Sarah Samson. And she was a crazy cat lady. And I That's so cute. Was it good? Did everyone love it? People were like kind of like, I was like, I mean, they like, I think they responded to it, I think. Um, but everybody in the class for some reason their game was up yesterday. I think and I think that brought everybody sort of up. Because people were like, okay. Like we're going to go in with zero fucks or whatever mm-hmm. their like reasoning was. So it helped like yeah. the collective class. Yeah. You know I find I mean? it hard these days though, because jokes used to be, and this is what I'm learning in stand up. You could kind of, and some of it is you shouldn't just be able to have a free range of saying whatever you want. Mm. But even this, 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 this era, yeah. people might say you can't do that because oh, you're, you're making fun of someone with a stutter. So it's like, there's so many yeah. Not that you want to make fun of anyone, right. but like even on my social media on um, on International Women's Day, mm-hmm. I said, you know, there's a picture of me really pregnant and I look massive. I've gained like 50 pounds. And I said, you know, two 10, pa- ta- two 10 pound babies I've had out of this five point five foot five body. And, you know, women are badasses. Right. And then I said, have you seen a man with a cold? Question mark. Oh, uh. So many people were like funny and like thought it was really mm-hmm. funny and like were laughing at it. And then um, I had some comments of like, you know, how dare you put men down and think that you're better than a man? You know, we live in a society where we should all be equal. And I totally agree with that. And if you've listened to this podcast you, and you yeah. know anything about me, you know, I'm all about equal um, equal rights for, for both sexes. I don't think that we need to be successful by stepping on a man. That's mm-hmm. not how I feel. But if we can't take a little joke about how men are a little bit of cry, are cry babies when they have a cold that everyone talks about and knows mm-hmm. about. And it's not putting a man down. If we can't have a little joke about something as simple as that, like we've lost all levity and yeah. lost all sense of being able to laugh at ourselves in a way, you know? Yeah. And then like, what is comedy then? Like, where does the line get drawn? It's right. like, I think comedy by nature is supposed to be a little, um, I don't want to say like NPC, but right. it can't, a, Oh, there's, there's nothing you can joke about now. There's nothing you can no. joke about now. And even like with the stutter, stuttering character, like that was, that was a feature that she, it was a characteristic that she had, right. but I wasn't making fun of the stuttering. It was like right. just part of her. Right? right. But I think it added like a funny sort of element to yeah. it. But like, I'm sure that girl's I, real fun at a party. <laughs> I just told you, like, I'm sure she's a fucking hoot to go out with. So, <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. No, not even, even the person on my fucking Instagram. Oh, I'm like, that oh, yeah, person yeah, must yeah. be like real fun. Like bring her along. I know. Yeah. That's the thing too. I'm like, do people, how, how do they have like, and it goes back to like those online bullies type people. It's like, how do they have all the time in the day to like go and troll people like all day long? Like, yeah. And I don't does, even know. And yes, I do get trolls, but it's more just like our world has become so sterile in Mm. so many ways. And like, even for performers, no one's laughing and putting down the actual person who's got a stutter, let's say. They're making fun of the situation that that person might be put in, you know? Right. And I don't know. I feel like we've become again, so PC Mm. that we can't even joke at ourselves, you mm. know? And it's like, life is hard enough as it is. If you can't laugh, I think you're going to cry. So it's yeah. like, you know, we need to 
we need to inject a little bit of levity in, in within reason. And also like the, the ability to laugh at ourselves. Right. Cause mm-hmm. like that to me, I mean, self-deprecating humor is, yeah. is great. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, as much as I can dish it out, I like to even like laugh about myself. So it's yeah. like, you know, like people I think lose that also. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's everyone's in it for the fun, you yeah. know, like if you're really yeah. truly in it for the right thing, yeah. you know, I mean, I thought like, you know, as one of my stand up jokes was mm. like, oh, I left my kid in the car. Don't worry. I rolled down the window. And like, I was like, I can't say that joke, you know, because we're like, what are you saying? That that's what you do with your kid. I'm like, it's a fucking joke. joke. Of course I didn't leave my kid in the car. Right. I was right. Like, Don't worry. I rolled down the window. You know, so yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a funny thing. It's a funny thing. It's like people take everything so seriously now. So seriously. Yeah. It's like, where's the fun? Where's the fun? It's on women on top. I'll tell you, it's that's where the fun is. So anything else happened this week, Roxy, before we sign off for these oh. lovely listeners? Well, I'm just so excited that I get you two nights in a row. Oh, this fuck, week. I'm so out again You're tonight. going out, going I'm wearing out. the same dress. <laughs> you have and to. And no it's pictures. So <laughs> No pictures. Girl, you should wear that dress, though. Actually, it was pretty cute. Pretty cute. So I'll see you again tonight, Roxy Sexy. Yes, you will. And I love you guys. Love you guys. And don't forget to... Rate, subscribe, and comment on what you want us to talk about. And five-star ratings are great. Yeah, this was a pretty in-depth chat that we had today. Um, Don't worry, we still have our naughty fun sex talk that we'll still bring (laughs) back to business. It's just been pretty normal our sex lives, yeah. right? I feel like it's like pretty like me. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, um, what's, what, what happens when the heart monitors go yeah. and then they flat just line? flat? Yeah. It's been pretty flat line right flat now. Lines. We'd love to hear about your sex lives though. Tell us. Yeah. Have you had sex recently? I have had sex. Oh, wow. It might've been, no, it was like a week and a half ago. Wow. A week and a half ago. Is that good? <laughs> I can do with a little more problem. Who instigated it? It was mutual. Oh, mutual uh-huh. sex. Sometimes That's always nice. Sometimes we catch the glimmer in the eye of the other. Where were you? We were in the living room. During the day? No, <laughs> no it was at night. And you after. just looked at each other. Yeah, we just looked at each other. And he, because he does little things where he throws little comments sort like of around. What? Like he'll be like, <clears throat> Does you he know. do that? He'll do <laughs> he go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just go, oh, oh. <laughs> he, um, he will just be like, hey, like, it's like, a, it's, it's less what he says and more like how he looks. Like, okay. I can tell, I can tell he wants it. Like, oh yeah. Sean becomes like when he does, uh, when I, but again, do? I give him so much of it that I, it doesn't happen as much because I always instigate. Um, but when he does it, it's kind of a like. He'll be like, <laughs> I think I'm laughing because I can like visualize what he does. It becomes like sort of like this. And if you're watching this podcast, you can see my facial expressions kind of like his eyes kind of go wide. He's like, yeah, um, so, uh, um, yeah, like how, how's, how's it going? And then like, he'll like, yeah, well, I don't know. And he's like, and he's like, I, he kind of just like perks up. Like he kind of, like he's frizzles. I don't know yeah. if that's a word, but it feels like that's what it is. And he starts to just kind of be a little touchy feely and he'll be like, yeah, so, um, yeah, you, you look cute. And it's like he frizzles. It's like this weird thing that comes over him. That's cute. It's like a flirt. Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, um, you know, you, 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 how's <laughs> you're like good good but dave is like he's like, eh. <laughs> he's like ah, come here he's like, Yo, come bitch. Here. <laughs> we should be signing off but i feel like there's more subjects to talk about i was um on the street on larchmont 
in Los Angeles, which mm. is a nice street in LA. And this guy had um, his window rolled down and was listening to music and it was mm. really loud. And the music that came out, and I might have to beep this, was this guy yelling, got bitches on my dick, got bitches on oh. my dick, got bitches on my dick, got bit. And I was like, wow. Now, back in the day, I don't think I would have even thought about mm, it. But right. raising two young girls, I was like, no, 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 no. We need to be more accountable when it comes to music. And and maybe I've become that person where like everything's like can be is PC, mm. has to be PC. But I'm like, our young girls listening to music, bitches on my dick and mm-hmm. bitches. It's like they are getting these biased messages mm-hmm about women and how they should be treated. Right. Like, you know, it's like, you bitch, get on my dick, you know? And I I was like, no, we, we need to be better. Right. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And music is such a force that like, it spreads like wildfire. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, mass, yeah. you know? So it's like, when they'd hear that, that's, you're right. It's like the mixed messaging. So they could be taught whatever at school or whatever at home. But then if they go out in public or with their friends and somebody's listening to something yeah. like that, then it's yeah. like- Oh, maybe I should be like that. Maybe I should be on somebody's deck. You know, right. like and it's, it's, it's mixed. It's, yeah. Absolutely, it's and it's also these bias messages that they get into mm-hmm. their brain that subconsciously comes out in the way that they behave and right. treat men as well. Right. Um, my friend who we have to have on here, she's my best friend, and she now works at Stanford. She uh-huh. works a lot with, um, you know, our culture and, mm-hmm. and societal culture and uh she said that even alexa mm-hmm. when you say hey alexa uh you look hot she goes thank you <gasps> really or like hey alexa you know your skirt is really short she goes Some, something like that don't yeah. quote me exactly but it's it's messaging around that she goes right. that's so nice of you to say <gasps> oh that's and not- it's like this this white man bias. And yeah. again, I have nothing against white men because I'm married to one and I love them. But it's the per- the people who are behind the messaging that are teaching our children how to think about themselves and, yes. and women how to think about themselves. Like, how dare we say like, you know, your skirt's too short or whatever. And they go, yeah. oh, that's so nice of you to say. It's she like these hidden be, messages yeah. that are happening that are consistent and constant around us all the time. All the time. That we are not aware of because it's subconscious. And they say that 80 to 85% of what happens is subconscious. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably even more than that. Um, I should get my facts straight before I say that. But it's something like our subconscious rules what we do right. rather than our actual conscious. See, that is so, that's scary. She should be like, what the fuck did you just say? Right. Like, come sorry. again. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not happening yeah, and yeah. shut your trap. Yeah. <laughs> but it's scary. It's like there's yeah. so many of those messages that we just don't, think about, and we talk about it a lot in this podcast. And I think it's because I'm raising two young women and I want them to feel like their body is their own choice. And, you know, they shouldn't be treated a certain mm. way. And music like, you know, bitches on my dick. It's like, yeah. I don't want them to feel the need that they have to have sex with a man because it's not what they want to do, but it's because it's expected of them. Right. Right. Or somebody, exactly. It's somebody else's expectations put on them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and if they don't want to have sex for a long, I mean, like, you know, till whenever, like after obviously consulting, consenting age, but mm-hmm. there's no rush to have sex. No. You know, it's like, there's no hold on to your virginity, right. you know? I mean, 
It's not that great anyway when you first. Did you feel like you lost your virginity because you had to at that certain time? Or did you feel like you're like, oh, I'm getting to 18, 19, whatever. It's like what I should be doing. Or did you lose it because you were in love with the person? Yeah, I think it's more like the first. Like, yeah. yeah. How about you? It was my first boyfriend. So I was like, okay, this is. And I did love him. Um, Yeah. But it's so confusing. It's such a confusing time. And I know that young people probably listen to this podcast as well because of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. And it's like youth, they say youth is wasted on the young Mm -hmm. because you have so much opportunity Mm -hmm. and you look amazing and, you know, you feel great and you're not tired all the time and you don't, you know, have hemorrhoids. Just kidding. (laughs) Sort of, really. Um, I, but yet you're, you're kind of, I wish I could go back and put cotton wool on myself and say, it's going to be okay. And you don't have to live your life for other people People, and men. Mm -hmm. And my whole life was about satisfying, not all of it, but I wanted to please a guy. Mm -hmm. And so even in therapy, I realized that when I don't get sex, I feel like I'm not wanted and I'm not enough. And Uh. I, and that word shame, I feel like shame mm. comes over me. Like, mm-hmm. why do I feel like I need to be intimate with a man to feel better about me? Right. Um, and that comes from always putting, wanting a man to want me. And okay. if I if I get that attention from them, then I am enough. Okay. So that's yeah. where the sex, like the sex. I think so. Cause I think I Got called it. you the other day and I was like, mm-hmm. why do I get so frustrated and mm-hmm. angry when I don't get what I want when it comes to sex? Right. Like why, why do I feel like anger? Mm-hmm. But anger comes from pain. Like anger is not a primary emotion. It comes mm-hmm. from something else. It's something, something yeah. hidden. Deep rooted. Yeah, yeah. It's deeper. And you mm-hmm. don't do that. Like with, if Dave was like, I don't want to have sex with you your whole day doesn't derail because you feel like you're not worthy. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen to you. Yeah. It doesn't happen to me. I mean, I definitely don't like rejection, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. so that definitely hurts my feelings, but I tend to like lash out. Like if right. something like that, right. anger, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is pain, you mm-hmm. know, but for me, yeah, it's sex. It's not, I don't, I'm, it's not as deep rooted for me, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, I think, for me, with him, with men, I think if he doesn't, if he doesn't show me affection right. in other ways, like if he's not doing something mm-hmm. nice for me mm-hmm. or love languages, like yeah. at least one of the right. love languages, right? Which is which is words of affirmation, acts of service, mm. and physical touch. Those, those are the three. Those are the three. Okay. So for me, I think it's like acts of service. Like if he doesn't mm-hmm. do nice things for me, right? Then I'm like, hmm, something's wrong here. And then I laugh. Get up. down, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get this. Get this shit back. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Go I'm down like, there. Dude, I'm a pussy. Dude, I'm a pussy. <laughs> you're so going to cut this out. So I'm like, I don't even know why you said that word. You'll be like, every time we edit podcasts, you're like, please yeah. take out this, this word, this word. Yeah. I'm like, so all the good words are gone. There's not so- one buzzword we can use to promote the podcast. Jeez. That was going to end up on the cutting yeah. room floor. So you won't hear what we just talked about. No, you probably will because now she's like, I made a joke of it. So it's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. Yeah. You're laughing. By the way, talking about that, do you like oral sex? I, oh, you mean if he's giving it to me? Yeah. I love it. It's my favorite. I love it, but it was never like the first on the menu, but I do love it uh-huh. because Sean's so good at it. 
Okay, see? Mm-hmm. So you've come to love it. So David loves it. He, he's yeah, good at he it. likes to do it. Yeah, so he's good. And he's like steadfast about oh, it. Yeah, he's same. Like, he's just like, yeah. same motion, continuous, like, da, 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 which is great. And I told you that I never, ever tell Sean. Yes, ever, don't, because then they switch it when up. When you get right? close. Like, if a woman tells a man when they're close, all of a sudden they get so excited yeah. and they like change everything about it up. And you're like, so I'm just so quiet. And so right to the end, and I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, I just didn't tell you. Yeah. You're like, until he like wipes his face. <laughs> oh my God, Roxy, I am not like you. I, I have normal things that go on down there. There's not like weird bodily fluids that come out of my body. It's just normal down there. There's no wiping of his a- eyeballs or anything. It's normal. <laughs> You mean what he just doesn't get you? face wall. You're like, oh, I have like, I have a a, a shower cap on. <laughs> he has I a shower. He has, he has a, a shower cap on. He's got like towels. Yeah, just He's in like, case. Yeah, just in case. Roxy, I have to wipe my face. What is going on? Poor David. I feel sorry Poor for David. Thing. I know. He's like, why? 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 He always dreads the, the two for episodes too. He's like. He just said that this morning. He's like the two for episodes, but it's just you and I. He's like, I'm going to get talked about, right? I'm like, he's like, I know, I know, I'm going to get talked about. But no one. This is the thing about David. No one. You don't really put him that much on your social, do you? No. Okay, so like, I feel like everyone knows my husband because I put him on my socials so much. The poor guy. He's like not into it. Does David like your social? No, he does not. He hates it. We have fights about it. I'm like, people are not going to think I'm married anymore. So he's like, I'm just doing this for you, and I'm like, yes, you're fucking just doing this for me, so people actually think that I have a husband. Yes, you're like you have to put him on. David hates being in pictures or on the camera or anything. So it's like hates it, right? Is he a good Instagram husband? Will he take the pictures for you? We get in fights about that. We go to therapy about it because he's like, I'm like, can you just fucking look for a good angle? Yes, yes. Like, why do I have to look the worst I've ever looked in your pictures? (laughs) Although David took a good picture last night, so that's good. (laughs) He can't be that mad. He did pretty well, but he was like, if he doesn't get it in the first few snaps, he's like over it. He's like, oh, I'm not going to like stand here. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like this angle or like a skinny angle or like up higher. You know, I still, I still want to accept myself so much that I don't, I wish we didn't have to do any of that stuff. Right. Angles and filters. Yes. I just wish we just stopped. All of us stopped all at once. And everyone's like, oh, that's what real people look like. Right. Right. You know, so we don't have to do all this stuff to our face. Just live. Live. Like, just let it be what it is. Bigger lips doesn't make anyone love you more yeah, it just yeah, doesn't yeah. yeah it doesn't I don't know I, I I do it to myself too I get it I get it I get it I get it like I'm mm. obs- not obsessed but like I look in the mirror and I want it to be better yeah yeah of course I haven't course. done anything yet so I'm like worried when I do see I know that's the thing I'm like Put my ass on my face yeah <laughs> just easy easier yeah. access yeah <laughs> I have so much to talk to you about, but we should probably leave. I know, I know. On that note, on that note, <gasps> we are, well. I know what what are what are our handles? Jeez, women on top official on Instagram, and we're gonna like spruce up on Instagram. Yeah, starting, like now. Yes, <laughs> like right this minute. Starting right this second. <laughs> yeah, and women on top podcast on Facebook. And we love you guys, but you have to. Okay, because we know how many mm. people listen, and there's quite a lot of you that listen, which kind of gets me makes me feel humbled and mm-hmm. excited about the future. But all those people who are listening are not commenting. We need people to comment yes. and subscribe and rate because what that does is it helps bump the podcast up to the top of uh, iTunes, which means more people can listen and means we can do more of this and we can actually travel and meet you guys yes. and do a tour and do merchandise and like have drinks with you. And so many fun things can happen if you rate 
and subscribe and comment. So please, please, please do that so we can come see you guys. Yes. And tell a friend about the podcast. If you love it, tell, tell a friend Yeah, tell and a friend. they'll listen and then we'll, we'll come and have drinks and party and get down and talk dirty and do all the things. Talk dirty. Talk dirty. Talk dirty, dirty. Okay. Well, we love you. We love you. And we are women, women on stop. stop. 